you enjoy sitting at the pub or at the ground, listening to two blokes tell you who's going to win the footy and why? You know, the type of guys that puff at their chest and say, after their obscure multi comes up. Well, if you do, this is the podcast for you. Sometimes you just need to celebrate the little things in life, whether that's showing up a little flair after kicking a goal or shedding your mates around after you upset tips get up. And the best place to fill that shit out is the Yorkshire Hotel on the corner of Langridge Street and Punt Road in Abbotsford. It is your go-to footy pub any night of the week, but especially when you get up on the weekend. And speaking of tipping the upsets, Barrel, a.k.a. the Punter's Prophet, a.k.a. Big Boy Buddha, is in fine form after last week's performance. 8 out of 9, 3 out of 3, money galore, big Cheshire grin. How's footy treating you this week, Big Bass? Oh, footy was good last weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty good. 9-8's had a good win. Tanner's had a good win in the ones. Oh, it's all, all coming up uh, coming up well at the moment. Lovely. It's lovely ready to stuff. come crashing down at any time. Probably this week, knowing uh, the season that we've had this year. But uh, mostly just in the tips. I think your tunnels are a sneaky chance now, the finals, aren't they? Uh, the ones are still game out, and uh, the 19s, we're, we're well on top. So uh, five weeks to go for us in the 19s. Hopefully, we uh, finish the year well and have a crack. And yeah, anything can happen in the, with the seniors. So hopefully, they sneak in as well. You used to call me on my cell phone. Late night when you need me. We'll get you on straight on the blower here, Baz. Now, when celebrations and poolside Snapchats make headline news in the footy, yep. no, it's been a very quiet week. So we're not going to talk about any of that. We're yep. going to talk about just the footy because we're five weeks out, as you mentioned, yep. from Funnels Footy. It's time to get out our crystal balls and predict what's going to happen because if you want to cash in on some funnels, you actually need to cash in now because by the time it comes to the first week of funnels, it's too late. The odds are too short. Not worth your time. So let's dust off and get into our prediction mode. I want, to talk, I want you to give our listeners the reasons for and against the top six aspects because I think at the moment... The top six is pretty much where you draw the line. Yep, definitely. Because, yeah, seven, eight, nine, ten will be a crapshoot to make funnels. Yep. And I think they will be uh, in and out pretty yeah, quickly yeah. come week one. Yeah, look, week one for them will be short and sweet. Yes. All right, so we'll start with the sixth place team at the moment, GOS Giants. They're 10 wins, seven losses at 123.6%. They're averaging 90 points for, 84 points against, and they have just ended their losing streak with a win against your boys on the weekend. Why can the Giants win the flag? Well, pretty much from what they showed us on the weekend. If they play that sort of footy, they'll beat anyone because it was hard, it was tough. You know, Mummy was bashing us around. They moved the footy really, really well. All their forwards were firing. They had Cameron and, um, what's the, there's another, uh, Daniel running around you know, putting lots of forward pressure on, which is unusual for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they play that sort of stuff. Like They can beat anyone. And that's, you know, that's what we've all been waiting you know, for them to play that sort of consistent brand of footy but they seem to flip-flop uh, and that's probably my knock on them as well is that they're never consistent they don't beat teams they should beat, beat. and uh, when they play the top teams as well they don't te- seem to beat the other teams in the top four so although having said that they've now beaten Collingwood they've beaten uh, Geelong uh, they lost to West Coast and they lost to Richmond they've beaten anyone in the top four except for probably us and they got us at a good time I reckon and obviously uh, yeah they beat Geelong at Geelong which was a bit of a shock win everyone but again I tip that just so you know you can go back in the archive uh, but yeah they're up and down and like you look at their next five weeks they've got Port Adelaide, Sydney, Hawthorne, Western Bowls, Gold, Gold Coast 
they should win all five of those if they play the sort of footy they played against us on the weekend. But over the last you know two or three seasons when they've been good, they've been a bit flip flop. And you know, does that does the injuries that they've got also come against them? So I, I saw a stat before that uh, Collingwood, Adelaide, and, and GWS have since the buy round have used the most players of any any other club. So. Yeah. Um, and only you know having something like thirteen or fourteen players have been consistent in that team. So that's a lot of changes week in week out. And we saw on the weekend they you know, had to make a few positional changes, which really really worked for them. And you know against <laughs> we weren't ready for it. And they again if they come out with that sort of stuff next five weeks they should win. Hmm. But again we go back and they're a bit like Port Adelaide where you just don't know what you're going to get week in week 100%. out. Hundred percent. And again the guy that you've knocked we. The second most behind Tex Walker on this podcast has been Jeremy Cameron. He came out and proved that if he plays anywhere near his capacity, he is by far the best forward in the competition. Oh yeah, and like he said on the weekend, he he doesn't have a matchup because if he starts cracking in, he's he's got like the physicality of a Dugowie. Yeah, but then he has the marking ability of a, an actual proper key forward. He made most of our defenders look stupid on the weekend, but then you look at last week when he played against Richmond, he just ball left his five meter radius. He just stop and look, and yeah, it's baffling how they can go from one extreme to the other but obviously it's a mentality thing and I mean we'll go into the preview a bit later for Port Adelaide but if they don't back that up this week then again last week's win a bit like Collingwood after they played West Coast if we didn't beat GWS the winning against West Coast meant nothing Mm. same for GWS this week you know if they don't beat Port Adelaide in Adelaide then really did last week mean anything do we trust them anymore no probably you know they missed out the top four and you wonder what what might happen because they do play you know Sydney are a hard team you know, they're going to give you you know how well set up Hawthorne are going to be and they beat them last time then you know the Doggies and Gold Coast well they should beat Gold Coast but yeah they, obviously they get a few players back they will get Kelly back and they get DeBoer DeBoer you know what I mean he get, they get him back with Billy Brown this moment there but, uh, but you know they obviously miss Cogs probably most of the rest of the year and a few other players so yeah it'll be interesting to see how they Saturday night, I think they play Saturday night. It'll be an interesting game. This I think that's the big one of that run-in. As you said, Port Adelaide, Sydney, Hawthorne, Western Bulldogs, Gold Coast. Out of those five games, the only... Because I think what we need to see from the Giants is that the ability to play not just winning football, but that high grade of football. Yep. That doesn't have to be the same level as they played against Collingwood. Cause that's pretty, that was pretty intense. But on a level that's kind of appropriate of a top four side. Because, um, yeah, they could win those five games just based on talent as opposed to a good style of footy. Yep. So they need to show more than that in the last five weeks for me to try and, you know, put some money into them to wing the flag. Uh, in terms of predicted finish, where do you have them finishing up the regular season? Well, they win those last five games, which they really should they finish top four, but I haven't finished in fifth or sixth. Yeah, I've got that same, about six on my predicted. And then come finals time, where do you think they're going to end up? Uh, because I don't get a double chance and they'll probably end up playing away from home maybe. Uh I mean, they'll, if they finish fifth or sixth, they get to play a seventh or eighth top side. Yeah. So they should win that game. And then they'll, it depends if they get the second week. And, who, and they might get West Coast away, there's no chance there. But they might get Geelong at you know, MC, yeah. MCG. They might get Collingwood at MCG. They might get Richmond or Brisbane at, MC, like at the Gab or whatever. So you never know where they're going to end up. But at, at, at their current form, I reckon they get knocked out probably second week of finals. Yeah, I'm about the same as that semi final loss. Uh, at the moment, their premiership odds are $10. I would stay clear of that unless they put they back it up against Port Adelaide and then I'd be just tracking that fluctuation every Monday morning because if they come good three or four weeks out from the finals, they're definitely a team to look out for because if they can back up weeks 
weeks of form, then they're a scary proposition as opposed to probably one of the teams that teams want to play against at the finals at the moment. Yeah, well, they're always a team that if you know they rock up and you're going to play against them, you, you are worried about them. Yeah. Because their best is by far up there in the league. But if, if they rock up and they're not ready and they're not as switched on, they're more about giving licks, they're very good on the lip, uh, GWS, then you know you've probably got them. All right, speaking of teams that are hard to play against, fifth place currently is Richmond, 11 wins, 6 losses, 107.5%. Uh, they average 86 points for, 80 against, and they are currently on the back of a four-game winning streak. And very eerie things are happening here. It's the same win-loss as 2017. Uh they're kind of playing against the trend of all the stats. So all of your traditional stats, your contested possessions, your clearances, your possession stats, your inside fifties. They're like they're terrible in all those. It's red all across the board, and it doesn't matter because it didn't matter the first time they won the flag no. in this era. It won't matter again now. They're going back to their old school. So is that the reason why they can win the flag? Is because they've done it before playing like this, yep. and they're going to get players back. Yeah, they play that surge mentality, the frontal pressure. You know. Want to keep the ball in their front half? They set up really well, especially if they're allowed to have one behind the footy. You know, you, you thought losing Rance would mean they'd lose that like intercept mark, but we all knew how good Grimes was, and now he's been released to do that. And we're seeing how good a player he is, especially now they've got a few players coming back from injury, which help him out as well. Um, and it, so they're getting all those players back now. And I was worried about the continuity those players would have, especially after missing so so many games. You know, after the play, you know, two or three weeks, generally you pull up pretty sore and. You might have a bit of a drop off, but they seem to be playing really, really good football. But again, they haven't really played anyone no. the last uh, four weeks in it with their wins, and they haven't beaten a top four team yet. So, I mean, yes, they had injury excuses when they played in those games, except for probably Collingwood earlier in the year, where you know both teams were pretty much at full strength. They did lose Rewald early and that sort of thing, but I, I reckon. Uh, I reckon I've been saying all year pretty much if they can get a full team back together, the way the messaging that's been coming out of the club, the way they're going about it, uh, the big wins I had against Potter and stuff like that, backs against the wall. I reckon they're they're a real big chance. I reckon they're probably pre- my premiership favourites for, for now. But again, they they play West Coast and Collingwood in the next uh, five weeks, and that's their big games because obviously the MCG helped them a lot because they'll be, they'll be playing finals at MCG anyway. They also played Brisbane as well, which is another big game. Um, but yeah, just see where they're actually at against the better teams, and probably don't include Collingwood at the moment. So I reckon we're uh, we're flatlining, but definitely West Coast and Brisbane last two games of the year heading into finals. We'll definitely know where they're at, but I reckon they'll make the top four, and like they should win the next three pretty comfortably. It means they're seven on the trot. And you look at again, we spoke about this the other week how. Teams who generally win the flag after a bye probably only lose one or two games because they get firing at the right end of the year. And that's always been my knock on Geelong. But, yeah, I just think Richmond are flying at the moment. They've got everything back. You know, Rewalt and Lynch look really, really good. Their midfield's on top. We've added a bit of pace with Shy Bolton and Stack's been unbelievable for you mm. this year, especially down forward and, and back as well. And, yeah, I think your back line's just re- really standing up really well, even without Rance. And for me, I just think, yeah, that surge mentality... That, you know, some teams try to replicate. Um, I know I think about that sort of mentality. I still want to keep possession of the ball as much. I don't want to be as hack style as probably what Richmond are. I want to still hit the 45s and play on and take it on. But once it's in there, you want to lock it in. And I think they're more just whatever you got to do is keep the ball moving forward. And it's just, uh, it takes out that spare defender if you want one of those back, you know, that sort of stuff. So, 
yeah, the, the, their game style is unique and it works for them. But uh, yeah, that's why. Yeah, for them. So in terms of what we need to see from them in the next five weeks, does it? Did they have to win? So as you mentioned, they're they're playing the rest of the top four. Essentially, they're playing Collingwood on Friday, then they finish off with West Coast and Brisbane, with Melbourne and Carlton in between. So there's two bankable wins, which means basically means that finals is set. If they could lose to Collingwood, West Coast, and Brisbane and still play finals, which would be totally fine by them. Yep. Is it okay just to compete with those teams, or do they need to knock at least one of those teams off? They're going to go to beat two of them. Yeah. Two of them to be to you know everyone goes all right. They're genuine. If they lose to two, two, if they lose two of them, then they're probably not genuine anymore, and they probably won't make the four. Mm. And I still, I'm still a massive believer. If you don't make the four, you're pretty much, you know, your chances get cut right, right back. There. We're not going to see another Western Bulldogs for a while. No. So you got to finish top four, especially if you have got someone like West Coast who'll probably finish top two. Yes. Or Brisbane, and Brisbane, and Brisbane. potentially if if you if you want to sell your stock like you have in Geelong, it could be a West Coast Brisbane top two. Yeah, and then you got you know primary finals away, and it's and then if you do lose a sem- if they do lose their first final again, you got a semi final away to another team, so to West Coast of Brisbane, so it's gonna be tough. So yeah, I just think they've got to win that, that three, two or three of those games. I finish top four, and then they're a big chance. So on the back of a strong run into finals, where do you see Richmond finishing on the ladder, and where do you see them finishing up in the finals campaign? Uh, fourth and preliminary final. So, I felt like you've sold out some uh, stocks and some teams there, so we'll get to them in due course. And you're going to make the grand final. Oh, or make, if, they finish, if they finish fourth. Oh, oh, they're my premiership favourites, but my, my only concern is they will f- probably finish third or fourth and cop West Coast at, oh, away first week, which means they'll have to go a hard way through the grand final. Um, but if they can manage to not get West Coast first week and maybe cop a Geelong, then I reckon they'll make the granny and win it. But if not, then... If they do cop West Coast first, but I think they'll still make the granny But Yeah, it's going to be a tough preliminary final if they have to travel. See, I'm not as bullish about the Tigers as you are. I'm finishing fifth because I don't think they're going to win three of those of those games against the big dogs. And I think they're going to lose a prelim. Same philosophy as yours. They'll cop West Coast in the prelim if that's the case. They finish fifth. Yep. And that's a tough ass to beat them over there the week before the granny. Yeah, if you do want to have a double, though, they're currently $4.50. They are currently... Equal premiership favourites. Well, they should be. And they're fifth. Yeah. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. All right. Fourth place team. One that Baz is very quiet on at the moment because they cost him nine tips last week. They're Collingwood. 11 wins, six losses, a percentage of 111.9. They average 85 points for, 76 against, and they lost to the Giants and have lost three out of their last five. And it's not looking promising for the Pies overall. I reckon you can still win the grand final and the premiership this year because at your best, you can win a game of footy in a quarter. Now, we haven't seen it for a very, very long time. So, there's probably another three or four changes this week and it goes back to uh, how many players have used. Yes. They've used the most players out of anyone since yes. the buy. Uh, had the most changes because of injury and all that sort of stuff and performance as well. And I think it was missing too many. Uh, it's starting to catch up with us. We did pretty well last year when we, you know, had injuries that blokes step up and play, but we're missing a lot of our defence, like Langdon and Darcy Moore, uh, those sorts of blokes who, you know, we're vital. Our midfield isn't getting the job done. We got smashed in the stoppages last week. We got scored uh, something like 80, 60 to 80 points. Somewhere. I can't remember the, the stat off the top of my head, but it was around that mark uh, it, from stoppages last week. Mm. Now, last year when um, Bucks was growing the beard, it's because we weren't getting scored against from stoppages. That's why he was growing it. 
this year we're getting thumped. So and it's it's been a week in week out problem since while we've been losing. We just we just don't look interested. Maybe there's some in, uh, some internal stuff going on with you know the whole beam situation and uh, Stephenson. I'm not sure, but we just don't look like we're together. We don't look like we have previously. Bucks is getting more and more frustrated. He's getting a bit narky on radio. I just don't think we're uh, as tight as we were last year. I think we're on the on the slide. We should still win two or three games from the last five because we've got Gold Coast, Adelaide, Nesson, and Melbourne as well. Who you know, surely we can knock off two or three of those. So we we should still make finals. I reckon we'll finish probably sixth or seventh, um, which you know makes it really tough for us to win a flag. Um, I'm 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 off us. I've sold all our stock. I reckon we're done. Um, and yeah, I just think it's caught up to us this year with the injuries. So. See, I don't think as long as you don't get absolutely smashed by Richmond on Friday night. I reckon is that you match up very well against Richmond. So the two teams that Richmond don't want to play between now and the grand final are Collingwood and West Coast. Yeah, but, but I know. And again, and it's not based on current form. You look at that. You look at how you've been playing recently. Richmond wouldn't be scared of you. It's just the fact that every time Richmond has played Collingwood, Collingwood have their measure in terms of the game style. They know how to beat Richmond. Yeah. And it's two game styles that are classic fights, mate. Styles make fights type situations. And so they, you know, you can, you can almost be autopilot. They can just go, we know how to beat Richmond. Here we go. Let's do it again. Now, then after that, you have, as you said, Gold Coast, Melbourne, very winnable games. Adelaide away. By that stage, Adelaide will be fully done and Don Pike will be in the gun. He'll probably be and, yeah. and, you know, the, all, the, all the Adelaide newspapers will be all over him like a rash. And then you have Essendon in an absolute humdinger, which is basically like a wild card game for you guys to get into the top four yeah. and them to confirm their spot in the finals. So then you, can, then you get to go off a soft, get some easy wins, some easy kills, have a tough game before the bye, go to finals, play finals-type footy. So I'm not as uh, concerned about Collingwood as you are. And I actually have them finishing fourth. I reckon you win enough games that last five that you hold your top spot in the four. Things that you, the wheels would have to completely fall off Collingwood for you to not finish in the top four. Well, at the moment, I wouldn't be playing Cox again. And you know, uh, Jamie Elliott's coming back in. Uh, they're planning to play Scharenberg. Goldsack won't be playing, uh, and probably um, Josh Thomas comes back in as well. So you know, I reckon we need to move Crisp to the midfield permanently. I know we'd be probably taking a bit off our back line, but with Quainer and, and hopefully Noble comes in back off his calf as well, because he did a really good job on the West Coast small forward line with, with uh, Ryan and those sorts of blokes. I'm, I'm hoping that he comes back in if he's right, and that, that gives us that run and dash, and it allows Crisp go through midfield because he has been unbelievable for us hmm. through midfield. when he went back in the midfield against Giants he changed our midfield look he, he, he actually works his ass off both ways and does a lot of hard things while our other show ponies a bit like GWS show ponies and don't do anything um, and you know teams are coming to bash us as well so yeah I, was, I, I reckon we're done um, so one last positive outcome here so I have you finishing top four if that's the situation, you'll finish fourth. You'll play Geelong in the first week yep. of finals. Yep. Do you back his guys in to play Geelong well? Oh, we'll beat, beat Geelong their shit. So then you're already in a prelim. Then we lose because we'll cop... Richmond. Richmond or West Coast yeah. or Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah, no. We're no. Yeah. I've got you making a... Well, it depends. So uh, probably a prelim loss to uh, either Richmond or Brisbane is the way it will turn out in my opinion. But it's not all doom and gloom. It's not a flag. And after last year, missing out by a kick, obviously this is meant to be the flag year, but unfortunately, fairy tales don't come true unless you're a Richmond fan in 2017. All right, third place, West Coast. 12 wins, 5 losses, 113.5%. That's 
They average 85 points for, 75 points against, and uh, they've won four out of their last five with a shock loss to Collingwood to really uh, ignite the flame under them. Why can the Eagles go back-to-back? Because teams don't go back-to-back anymore. It's very tough. Because they've got scoring power that is unbelievable. They've got an unbelievable midfield, and their defense is pretty tight. If they can fix up their ground ball sort of stuff and their intensity around the ball sometimes is a bit off as it was against Melbourne, then it's they're pretty hard to go with. Like especially four line. You look at their four line, it's pretty good. You look at their back line, it's pretty good. And you know, they've made a couple of complaints to the AFL about how Collingwood kept Hearn and um, McGovern out of the, the contest with their illegal shepherds off the ball. So the AFL's on that now, so they'll get their way with that. Uh, and yeah, you, you got to stop Kennedy. Darling's playing some really good football. Then you got your, th- your three... You got Rioli, Ryan, and, and um, Cameron, who were really, really good around the um, around the ball. Actually, it was dynamic with Cripps and Yo and those sorts of blokes. So Nick Nat's a big one if he can come back. And he was talking the other day. He reckons he's only two, three weeks away. That is a massive in for West Coast, and they will just get him through to the finals. Um, and yeah, I really think that they're they're definitely the real deal. The real deal. And I don't, I don't really see any weakness with them either. Apart from that ground ball sort of stuff. And it's the thing they've changed, though. So I think since round 12, they are now leading most of those contested ball stats. So contested possessions is a general term. Uh, secondary stoppage clearances. And they're, like, in the top four now for ground balls when they used to be 17th or 18th. And so when they got when they were getting done mid-season, Adam Simpson came out and said, we're going to change. Like, I'm not arrogant enough to be like, this is the way we win games. Yeah. I'm happy to change. And they have. Yeah. But they've maintained the rest of the stuff that got them to a grand final victory last year. So yeah. very, very scary prospect. They finished top. They should not lose the rest of the game first of the year. It'll be tough to finish top just because of Geelong's soft run home. We'll but they'll get, finish we'll probably... Get, we'll get they'll they'll finish in the top two. Uh, so their run home is uh, North Melbourne at home, Carlton away, Adelaide at home, Richmond away, Hawthorne at home. Definitely four out of five. Richmond at the MCG is not beyond them either. Um, so I have them finishing second, but I have them finishing as premiers this year as well. Yeah, back to back. Very hard to beat them over there in any finals. And premiership odds currently five bucks. Yeah. Great value there to get on now. But get on now because once they finish top two, they'll be right into like $3, $2.80. Um, and not yeah, not many reasons to see why they can't do it. So they're the, they're the team to pick in my opinion. All right, second place currently is Brisbane. 12 wins, 5 losses, 114.9%. They average 91 points a game, equal first in the competition. They uh, average 79 points against, which is a lot for a top four team. And they are currently, they've won all of their last five games. They're on a massive win streak. They are playing some delicious footy. Why can they win it this year? Because they're just so explosive. They've got so much talent. Cameron and Hipwood, like, they're pretty hard matchups. And they've got McCluggage who's a very, very, very good player, and you know he he doesn't get the he doesn't get the exposure he should get. Lockie Neal, Dane Zorko is another one that is very, very underrated. The defensive axe that he puts in every week in week out, how he's changed his game. Now remember, there was a stat going around a few weeks back that per possession he's the most dangerous, especially going forward. Mm-hmm. He's the most effective kick, all that sort of stuff. So he is an unbelievable player, Zorko. And again. Because he only gets 20, 21 a week while Lockie Neal racks up 30, 35 and your Lions and those sorts of blokes. He, he's very underrated. He does lots of pressure acts and that sort of stuff. Luke Hodge behind the ball with Andrews and that. But they've got a lot, of, a lot of good things going right for them. Uh, do they need finals experience? I don't know. Will the, you know, 
the big occasion, have they played a big game in front of 80 or 90,000 people yet and, and got over the top when the crowd's against them at the MCG? Is that going to be over-roaring over for them? Do, are, are, that's, those are the sorts of things Do I Do you reckon that about. stuff matters, though? It does. How much, though? It's like a one percenter. My, my big question to Mark on Brisbane is, does the game style match up? Well, you, so early in the year when Collingwood was on fire and we went up to Brisbane, the big, big game... All the big teams have done numbers on them. Yeah, Collingwood really, really went hard at them. There was a big crowd, lots of pressure, lots of expectation on Brisbane, and they faltered, they stumbled, they weren't very clean, they, were, you know, they butchered the footy a lot, the pressure got to them, and they even came out afterwards and admitted it. And I, that's, what, that's what worries me going to the big games, especially if they come to Melbourne and play you know, a Geelong or a Collingwood or a Richmond in front of 90,000 people. Is that moment going to over, overawe them, you know what I mean? So, have they really won a game dirty? Oh, uh, like, no, it's generally pretty free-flowing footy. Yeah, that, that, and that's not going to happen against the better sides. No, you know that the, the contested ball sort of mm. stuff comes to the forefront in, in finals. It's not as open and clean. It's very... Um, Contested and hard, you know, harder, yeah. tougher football. Unless you're playing Melbourne in a preliminary final, um, or Richmond for Port yeah. a few years ago. Um, I reckon we'll learn a lot about Brisbane this week against Hawthorne, and we'll go through a preview soon. But and then they play Geelong and Richmond the last two games of the year. That Richmond game is absolutely pivotal to pretty much all of the finals finish, predictions because yeah, if they, they, if they yeah, well if they beat if they beat Richmond, they finish top two in my opinion. And that changes everything. Yeah, well, and can, Richmond finished outside the four. Well, they should beat Doggies. They should beat Gold Coast. They really should beat Hawthorne this week. And then yeah. uh, Geelong up there as well. I reckon they can beat Geelong because... They're just too quick, too fast, too good. Like that's At home, they're going to be very hard to beat. And if they can finish top two, they are going to a grand final. And then, yeah, it's just whether... You know, we've seen a lot of fairy tale stories lately with Richmond and Western Bulldogs, but... This won't be a fairy tale. This is, this is a genuinely good team. They did some smart things a couple of years ago by getting Fagan as their coach and Luke Hodge as their assistant coach that plays with them. Yeah, but they... But this is not, this is not a bolt from the blue side. Like, and everyone predicted them they're going to rise and play funnels. No one predicted they're going to win the flag. Not from second last. Not from second last. But everyone knew that they were, they were building something. Or third last, yeah. And, yeah, this is not a... And this won't be a flash in the pan either. They're, they're, they're gonna, or maybe they, maybe they will because of what dog, it happened with the doggies. And I think... Um, they're so young. Well, yeah, but also like what Bob Murphy mentioned this week on his, on his show was that when uh, when you win it and you've won it for the first time in ages, like everyone, the supporters, the coaches, everyone just kind of goes like, oh, how good is this? And you celebrate it. If you're a team like a Hawthorne that wins it every year, you go, okay, what's the, let's go for the next one. I think the difference between that is there's a lot of Hawthorne people at Brisbane that will make sure that that doesn't... Especially uh, now that Hodge is going around again. Yeah. And Fagan will be there, obviously. They'll be like, yeah, boys, well, I've, I've, this is number five for me now. Yeah. Six. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can create a dynasty or you can yeah. win one and disappear off the face of the yeah. earth like uh, Western Bulldogs. Yeah. So, current odds for Brisbane are $9 for the Premiership. And uh, I have them making the grunting and losing to West Coast, but we all know the one day that anything can happen is Grand Final Day. So, $9 bet there at this time of year. If they beat Hawthorne... Jump on. The odds don't change until Monday morning, so jump on that at nine bucks. Last team, they're currently first. Geelong, 13 wins, four losses, 135.8%. They average 91 points for the most in the league. They average 97 points against the least in the league. That would suggest they're a very good team, that they're, a, that they're up near their best, the mid-2000s best, but apparently they're not, and they've only won two of their last five. Now, obviously, I think they can win the flag because they're on top, 
The best team's always on top. They've, when they play at their best, they're pretty hard. But you've sold all your stock. I'm about to sell my stock. I sold Why should stock. we sell our stock? I know you sold your stock a long time ago. I've never been on it. And when they and when they lose in straight sets, you'll get to say, "I've told you so." Since round one, they're no good. Everyone overrated them, including you, Gordon. I'm saying now, as my financial advisor, why should I also sell my stock in Geelong? Well, I've been saying all year that the younger players have been standing up, and the, the second tier players have been standing up and playing some unbelievable football. Can they maintain it? Not many teams have players of that those sort of calibre that play that sort of footy for a whole season and go all the way. You look at the Western Bulldogs, they're probably the only one. Yeah. They, you know, they had blokes like um, Pickin and stuff like that, who, Biggs and Briggs, sorry, and those sorts of blokes who played unbelievable football and then disappear off the face of the earth, never to be seen again. Yeah. Where you look at some of the players that John got running around at the moment, you know, his first, second, third year players who were just getting into the system. They've got a bloke from Sydney who is known to go missing in big games and when it really, really matters. Um, and you've got blokes who are carrying the team like Dangerfield, Duncan and Sal would have been carrying them for the last three or four years. And when it gets to big games that haven't been able to get them over the line because you need a full team effort. And now Tim Kelly's starting to get tagged a bit more and more efforts going into Tim Kelly has been less effective. Teams are also starting to man up on their spare and man up on their zone instead of letting them have their just do what they want behind the footy. So teams have sort of figured them out and they've kind of got no plan B and they move the ball they use the boundary line more of any team in the AFL which is why I tipped Hawthorne last week because similar to Collingwood they use the boundary line a lot slow football allows Hawthorne to sit up behind the footy and it means that the, they can't score which means Hawthorne is always going to be in with a chance and that's why I tipped Hawthorne because I thought they were over the odds unless Geelong gets some dash and dare about him which I don't think they really have in their team um, you know Parfitt's playing but they don't really have that outside speed and quickness. They really miss a, you know, a Motlop sort of player or someone similar to that ilk. And I reckon they're going to, as you'll see, they'll start probably pushing someone like a Gary Ablett into the midfield because they're starting to get desperate for midfield depth and winning the footy. And they've got a big problem with their ruck. So, and as good as their defence has been for half of the season, I think again, like blokes like Harry Taylor and that, they're not. They do the some good things but then they're getting older and they're not as explosive as they were so if you've got an explosive fall on lots of different looks I think they won't cop that this week against Sydney because Sydney are you know, struggling to score themselves but a bit later in the, you know, they played Brisbane and they you know, even Freo to a different extent will have different looks for them if they've got some players back but I just think yeah the defence is a bit slower and it can be you know I just don't rate their game style at all I don't reckon it's finals type footy and it's been proven over the last few years as their finals record showing that it's not finals type footy and I just, I just never had any faith in them because I just think they they rely too heavily on too few. They haven't got a good Ruckman and you've seen what good Ruckman can do lately with Martin, Grundy, those sorts of players. Even even Hickey's form for West Coast has been astonishing. Um, and I just rec- and you see how Sydney dropped off when they've been playing a Lear or Lear because they've got no one else. Um, and yeah, I just think that's going to be a big problem for them going forward and yeah, who's going to kick their goals if Tomahawk doesn't kick him? Because Myers has been you know, dropped off and, and we spoke about Rowan and stuff. So I just think they're on the on the slide. Though. Well, is there anything they can do in that last five weeks? They play Sydney away this week, uh, Freo away, North at home, Brisbane away, and Carlton at home. If they go up to Brisbane and do a number on Brisbane, is that enough? Because they'll win the rest of those games. Like They're all pretty soft I, games I, for them. I don't reckon they're soft games. Because, again, so I know their the average points for is high because of what happened earlier in the year. And, I mean, I'll go through the preview and I'll speak a bit more about them. But 
Sydney, Frio and North, they'll keep the game close enough for long enough to be a sniff. Yeah. So they're not, they're not home against those teams because at the moment, Geelong are struggling to score. And that'll continue because unless they really want to take the game on. But even then, Sydney, Frio and North won't allow them to take the game on. So it'll, it'll be low scoring. Brisbane's the one where if they get opened up against Brisbane, you can just sell your stock. And if they manage to get over the line against Brisbane, well, good on them, but they're playing a young team that's really being flying. So that, like, you don't want to lose games or anything like that because you don't. But in AFL, local football, you see it more often than local football to be expected. But at AFL level, you don't see teams win six, seven, eight games in a row anymore. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'll be first final. I think they still finish top four, but I reckon they, they give up their top spot. And first final, we'll see where they're actually at and whether I'm correct or whether I'm going to cop a lot of abuse from Geelong supporters. And look, I'm happily, more than anyone, I'm happy to cop it if, if I'm wrong. Yeah. Trust me, happy. Yeah. But if you've given me I some... don't think you will be that happy, though, if it, if it does. If they win the flag this year, you'll be going zero dark 30 for a while. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'll be... I'm, like I said, I'm happy You'll be copping it in the bunker. That's what yeah. you, won't be, you won't be out there throwing punches. You'll be like, okay, uh, I'll come back out in three weeks' time, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, they're currently $4.20 premiership odds for the for the win. I have them losing a prelim, very much based on where they finish. So I have them finishing top. I think they'll win most of those last five games. They'll play Collingwood, in my opinion, in the first week of finals. I think they beat Collingwood on current form, and so they're now playing Brisbane in the prelim. And I reckon Brisbane beats them at the MCG in the prelim. Yeah, I, I, I reckon they'll be out straight sets, but that's just me. Yeah, that's just you. All right, so that leads us to our uh, futures bets. I think at the moment, best chance you have of making any money off teams to miss the top four uh, is GWS at $1.65, or if you're a negative Baz, then you can uh, pile in on Collingwood. Uh, and then my bets would be uh, grand, to make the grand final, you can get West Coast currently at $2.50 or Brisbane at $3.25, both ridiculously overs. And then for premiers, you can grab uh, West Coast at 5 bucks and Brisbane at $9 yep. to win the flag this year, which, as far as roughies go, that's pretty good value. Well, I'm on just win the flag. I've already backed both West Coast and, and Richmond and probably cash out in another week or two and uh, get some nice nice dividends so and reinvest for later Monday's experts always know what's best always tell you what you should have done Monday's experts always know what's cooking how the game was lost and how it could have been won let's go through our round 19 previews as always up to alerts 50-50s and sure things you wobbled your head before tipping 8 out of 9 Good bloody luck doing that this week. Yeah. This is an absolute minefield yeah. of a round to try and tip some for you. I could tip one this week. Yep, you very much could. Uh, little update to our tipsters' uh, prophecies. Uh, I've added the Western Bulldogs to the Untouchables after last week's performance against St Kilda. That was an inexplicable loss. Well, and the way that they did it was just, you can't excuse but it. But that's what they've been doing all season. So. And hence why they're now untouchable. They're untouchable. They've, they've joined Melbourne, they've joined Port, they've joined Essendon, they've joined Fremantle. Uh, when we say untouchables, just for people who haven't listened like before, don't bet them. we don't touch them from, from a punting a perspective. Yes. We obviously have to tip them because there's a lot of teams now in that category. And, and sometimes, like myself, I tipped Essendon last week and I backed them, I know. But they, they were playing against another untouchable. Yeah. And, and sometimes you have to break your own rules. You do, yeah. But as a general guideline, other changes I've got is I've put Geelong and St Kilda 
uh, in the under review categories, both yep. positively and negatively. So yep. we're, we're, I'm about to sell stocks on Geelong, but I'm going to wait one more week. Yep. And St Kilda, I was very impressed, and I'm, I think we could see yet another new coach Hollywood honeymoon period. Yes, yes, we'll get to that. And uh, the bank makers, I've just added Richmond. But yep. I've probably added them a week too early, I reckon, because I'm a bit scared about Friday night, and that's yep. where we start. It's an upset alert. It's an absolute upset alert because Collingwood just know how to beat Richmond. Friday night, 7.50, 90,000 plus at the MCG. That's what footy is all about. Melbourne's at its best when these two two teams are facing off. Collingwood are $2.45 outsiders. Richmond $1.54 favourites. The line here, 9.5. The over-under, 1.55. Now, Baz, let's get positive here. Tell me why Collingwood can win on Friday night. Our midfield dominates with Grundy's ruck work and Mason Cox... Uh, finds form and Brody Mycheck find form. Will Will Mason play? I I don't think he will, but I think they almost have to because we've got another tall, and then we go in with just Mycheck, and we're just probably too small for uh, Richmond. Have some really versatile defenders, so but you don't have a single tall forward. Like everyone, like the, Mason's got panned this year, yeah, to the extent where the outsider just presumes that. Anyone from your VF who, VFL team who's over the six foot three could just play in that side and have as as much impact as Mason Cox. Yeah, he's just not clunk. I don't know what's going on, but he hasn't. Even when he marked a few against uh, West Coast and kicked a couple of goals, he hasn't been clean marking them lately. He's been getting a lot of one hand up. Whether he's got a sore shoulder and he's not used to the you know coming from a basketball sort of background stuff, he's not used to the, the pain he has to yeah. go through and and that sort of stuff and get through taking marks. But he just hasn't really been noticeable around the ground either. And generally, he makes contests and he brings it to the ground. But even then, he's been getting outmarked a bit. So he, I mean, he has to play almost because we just haven't got anyone else to play. Because we've got no other blokes to play from our um, our resis really to come in and pick pick that up, except for probably Max Lynch. But he's a ruckman, so we could maybe go the JUS route from last week. But it's a big ask asking a rookie ruckman to come in and play something like a like Mumford did. Um, maybe we go Mosquito Fleet and try and you know use the hit up a lot more because we want to possess the ball a lot more against Richmond, uh, which is something we do generally pretty well against them. Possess the footy and move the ball really quickly to get past their zone and not allow them to have that um, that surge mentality against mm. us because they can't touch the footy. So and also, why can't you replicate what you did against West Coast? Because essentially, that's going to be the same game style. West Coast are a lot better than Richmond, but it's again, it's the peel off. So it's instead of playing a man, you peel off. Once the ball's in the air, then you have a free run at the footy. And if you, you know, you, you can try the illegal screens again if you want to, but yeah. even if even if you're not allowed to, stop the run at the footy and then bring it to ground. Ooh. And then then that means you have, it forces the Richmond defenders to play man on man. And then you can go short and sharp and low inside 50. And that's when the Meyer checks and the and the Coxes get it back in the game. I just think our midfield's been bashed, so I just don't know if our midfield's going to top to give us a chance. And then our back line, so who's like Schoenberg's going to come in? He'll probably play on um, Lynch. Jeremy Howe will probably get. Actually, I think um, uh, Roughhead will go to Lynch. I think uh, Jeremy uh, Howe will go to Rewalt. And then Shaz will pick up the other toilet ro- rotates for you, so it's um, Soldo or, or Troll or someone like that. But he also gives a bit more chop out with, you know, undersized. With, you know, we've got uh, Quainer and. That, that, that sort of not we probably thin up where he gets chucked out because he's just not up to it at the moment Crocker probably goes because he's not up to it but then again if he goes out it's Josh Thomas and Josh Thomas has been in great form 
I just don't see how we can turn around our form. I, like, I know we Bucks obviously got everyone up and about for that West Coast game, and you know, I've spoken a lot about it throughout the years. This pod, you can use the uh, your motion card, your motion yeah. card probably once in a season. You go using it too many times, and it's, it's it just loses effect, and it and it does affect the playing group to a certain point. So you really want to save that emotion card for when it really matters. And generally, it's you know the big dance, not uh, around fifteen or sixteen. So if you went back to that, I'll be a bit worried that that's where the players are at mentally and and how we're going to go the rest of the year. But then Richmond haven't really beaten anyone yet either. So so yeah, you look at the stats before we go into the the form line. The big concern here for, for Collingwood is the loss of the inside 50 count. So since round 12, they've lost the inside 50 count by 12 per game, ranked 17th in the competition. That's crazy stats. Whereas uh, Tigers have had the flip side. So since round 12, uh, it's just been very much all positive going inside 50. So although they're still a surge-based team, they retain possession from 49% of their kicks inside 50, third in the competition, and they score a goal from 25% of their kicks inside 50, which is second in the competition. So they're hugely efficient for a team that's based on chaos. But as you said, they haven't really beaten anyone of merit in that period. No, they haven't. And I mean, like I said, when they played with the other top four teams earlier in the year, they, they had all those injuries. So you couldn't really look too much into that. But yeah, when you've got blokes like uh, Stack and Rioli and Castagna and um, Shy Bolton and stuff running around at you quick really creative players in that four line. It makes it dangerous, especially you've got like Rewalt and Lynch in the vicinity as well. Just And even Chol. Like Chol's showing a fair bit and that's why I reckon Nank won't play this week. But I reckon, I still think that Nank... Would you use, as you, as you said, the emotion card, would you use Nank as like a, just a good news story one week? No, well, he's not ready. No, no, so. but like you've got five weeks left. So yeah. against one of the lesser teams, I, I start roll him to... out just for like, oh, well done Nank for getting back. But if you're playing that well with Chol and um, Soldo and they're, do- they're actually doing all right, then I'd just, I wouldn't, and they're more versatile on the ground. They offer you a lot more, yeah. especially if you're game style than what Nank does. Yeah, I'd be... Just sticking with what works. Sticking with what works, unless something constru- like something bad happens and then, yeah. Yeah, obviously, breaking a case of emergency. So all the cash is flowing in for Richmond. They're, as I said, $1.54 favourites at the moment and getting shorter as we speak. Will you be tipping the Tigers? Uh, I'll be tipping the Tigers, yes. Yes. No no sadness bets on this one? Because I'll be leaving this game alone? or Yeah, I'll be, this will be left alone, well and truly. Watching or yelling? I'll be watching and yelling, yes. I'll make sure Sam's out of the house before uh, I start watching the game. All right, fair enough. And hopefully, uh, <laughs> if we if we lose, the boys are nice to me on Saturday morning, nice and early. <laughs> hopefully, for your sake anyway. All right, second upset alert. Saturday, 2.10 at the MCG. Carlton are $2.54 outsiders against Adelaide, who are $1.50 favourites. The line here is 11.5, over-under 1.62. In all honesty, how can Adelaide possibly be favourites in this after they only played two quarters of footy last week? It's just due to the fact they're playing Carlton, and Carlton probably don't have the outside speed uh, and the ball movement because they don't have the skill level to cut open in Adelaide. So you saw Essen last week. Yes, Essen were five goals down at one point, but once they got it to the outside, I made it more run against guns. And this is, this is my preview last week. I said, yeah. this is why we Essen would win. Absolutely now. You, you look at what happened with Port Adelaide, you look what happens when teams have have speed, and we'll, and we'll talk about it again a bit later with Melbourne. When teams have speed and they get it to the outside, they cut open Adelaide because they're not quick through the midfield. They've got lots of big, stocky midfielders. They're good at getting their first possession at the contest. Yeah. 
Great set no, of coach numbers. Yep, no good on the outside. They have a four-line that isn't uh, efficient. They've got Tex who can't get a touch. Betts, you know, he's an absolute champion of the game. I love him. But he's probably, you know, he's probably his last year or should be his last year because he's not only struggling to get it, but he's not having a... a An impact impact pressuring-wise. Yeah. And, you know, their best four is probably Lynch and, and, you know, Jenkins, and Jenkins being in and out. Across half-back, they've got some speed, but they don't really play defensively that well. They're not very one-on-one because they get very high up the ground, the half-backs. They like to get involved in the chains. So if you do turn it over and it does come the other way, like it did last week, then they're just exposed. And, you know, they laid two tackles inside their forward half last week, Adelaide. Essendon were able to play their game, even though they've been a lot better at their forward half game uh, the last few weeks when they've been winning. Essendon got to play the style they actually want to play and score from the back half. Mm. It was the highest highest points ever scored in an AFL game from the back half. Why? Because Adelaide only only had two tackles in that fourth half. So that means that Essendon was running out with, with ease. And, it's crazy. Know, it's McKenna, crazy to watch. Because I was deeply, we were both deeply concerned at halftime last week. And we, we, we thought we were fools. We just told everyone to jump on and call their cash into Essendon. We're like, yeah. oh, we've let the lessons down. Yeah. And then suddenly, boom, yeah. the fire was lit underneath the bombers and we were very happy, happy men by the end of that and game. We, and we're seeing it like, against Port Adelaide just drop right off. They just don't... Once we're out of the game, they're, they're, they're shot. So if that's the case, why can't, why can't Carlton win this game? Just, at the moment, since round 12, number one in the clearance count, lead by six. They've, uh, they've ranked second for inside 50 efficiency. They've won 33% of their offensive one-on-ones, which is ranked number one. And uh, they've also, much like Eston, launched a lot of their inside 50s uh, from their back half as well. So they can, they're not as good as Eston, but they can play some Eston-type footy, just probably not as well. Oh, yeah, the, the only problem for me is they'll, they'll butcher the footy a bit as we're seeing against Melbourne, seeing them do it you know, throughout the year because they're not quite their skill level wise yep I don't reckon they have a lot of outside pace mm-hmm. I still think they're they're, they're they're still coming along nicely as a team but I think the outside pace they don't have so they might Adelaide might even up there and the thing is also that we've seen a lot throughout this year if a team's been under the pump three or four weeks and copying it in the media they generally come out and have a good performance and then they, then it's the week after they tend to drop yeah. down. And we'll talk about that with GWS, but look, I think the line is about right. The unders and overs are going to be under. Um, it's going to be a nice day on, on Saturday at the MCG. I'm kind of, I'm kind of tempted to tip Carlton. I want, I actually want to see the teams over before I uh, fully go in on Carlton. I'm, I'm at the moment I'm about sixty forty on Carlton, so I'm just thinking Adelaide are no good. But against the lower teams, it's when you know, the, this those, is classic Adelaide areas. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That, that, yeah. This is a generally t- the team they'll beat and they'll pl- play a team in the top eight and they'll get thumped because they're no good. And But I I fear if Carlton win this game, Don Pike will be the next coach. So I've gone early on a lot of this this year and I've, been, I've been spot on with three from three so far. It is, but when you, say that, when you keep saying the same thing every week, it will eventually happen. So well, let's not wobble our heads too much. Okay, so I'll stop wobbling my heads. But <laughs> I've been... I've been pretty spot on, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to go again with Adelaide. Uh, Don Pike will be gone before season's end, especially if they lose this game and they don't make finals. Yeah, they're definitely not making finals. That's that's for sure. Uh, I'm like you, very tempted to keep tip Carlton, but I'll probably take the soft option and tip Adelaide. And as such, not enough confidence uh, in Carlton. I don't think they're very good at covering smaller lines. 
like at, at a line of 11 and a half you'd probably say Carlton would just win yeah. like if they're going to cover 11 and a half I'll just win yeah. so if you do want to have a, if you do believe in the bigger baggy blues uh, take the 254 and that will probably fade as uh, match day comes alright Sunday 110 Western Bulldogs are $1.54 favourites against Fremantle who are $2.43 outside as they're playing at Marvel Stadium the line here is three goals over under 168 and it was a classic Dogs performance on the weekend. I mean, classic because they played utter shite against a team they should have beaten. Yeah, well, you look the record all year yep. that they've beaten top teams or getting close to top teams. But when it comes to playing teams below and they suck. Um, How do they renew <clears throat> the contract of a coach for like five years, basically? He's, he's locked in. Beveridge is locked in there till 2023. Yep. On the... Basis of those performances, like they'd lose to St Kilda's, they and they st- beat Geelong's and Collingwood's and what? What happened was GWS. What happened was, and I've spoken about this to you personally, is that the doggies got scared that they actually might lose Beverage for some reason, so they just went, oh, they they organized panic stations and went, oh, we've got to sign him, resign him, resign him, so we don't lose him, because obviously he's out of con- he was out of contract at twenty twenty, bit like so it's the same as Ross Lyon situation. Yeah, yeah. They both had a contract at 2020. Are they guaranteed to have their job in the 2020? Well, as they're sitting there now, they're going, I've got one year left here, but not, I mean, as we've seen in the last few years, the coaches don't change very often. Mm. So this year, there's going to be four or five. This will be the year to fly. Yeah, yeah well, there's, there's definitely three. and it, I'm, Six. I've already f- said this on Wax. There's going to be six, new co- the, six coaches in new positions next yeah. year. So do they risk losing him to another club or do they quickly sign him? and panic a bit. And this is what I've said about Mitchell at Hawthorne. Hawthorne have Mitchell there to be the heir apparent to Clarkson. Do they go after Mitchell and make Hawthorne go, oh, do we actually... Yeah, will make Clark go for another five years or do we want to... Do we make a call here? Yeah. And then that might get you uh, Clarko. Clarko. Yeah. Or you get Mitchell who's apparently... A the bee's knees. A guide of a, you know, yeah. of a coach coming through. So... Um, yeah, I don't know how that happens. And then obviously there's all that talk about Lost Line leaving and um, coming back to Melbourne because it's the same sort of thing. He's only contracted 2020. Again, there's options to come back and stuff like that. So and Carlton will probably, will probably throw big money at him and who knows, so might Essendon or Adelaide, who knows. But uh, anyway, back to the game. I think that Fife's a big in for him. Absolutely. Uh, I, I just don't... I don't... If the doggies can score and be efficient inside 50, they'll be too much here for Fremantle because Fremantle cannot score at the moment. Yes. That, but my only worry is that doggies aren't very efficient. They got jumped on last week and you just can't trust them. So I'm probably going to tip the doggies on that on that count, but I couldn't touch anything from a betting perspective from this game and I wouldn't want to get too deep into it because I was thinking it's a yuck game that doesn't have any effect on the season. Yep. And it's just... It's mind-boggling how these, how the doggies can go from one end of the spectrum to the other. But it's also... Just mind-boggling how Fredo's the same. Yeah, and Freeman, I mean, I know they're missing a lot of forwards and they're, I mean, you know, they're, they're building and they're in, in probably heading towards the peak of that rebuild that Ross Lyon's been a part of. But the fact that they're struggling to score at the moment and without Jesse Hogan and, and a few other players are down, you know, they're 50-52 to 52, or 51-52 last week. It was... A really good game of footy to watch, hmm. but if you took the score scoreboard out of it, because both teams were just so ineffective going forward, and that's my main concern. But I, don't know, I just think that the, the 
doggies having a bit more forward of the ball than what Fremantle do. So I'm trusting them just for my tip this week that they will get the job done. But no punting. No, you couldn't touch this with a punter's pole. I'm kind of, I'm kind of tempted to tip Fremantle just because of like the whole narrative aspect and Ross lines under the pump and all those other you know periphery one percenters West, that we West think of slid under the radar. radar and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. It, it's kind of a toss of the coin. All right, Sunday three twenty Sydney are two dollar fifty nine outsiders. They're hosting Geelong, who are a dollar forty eight favourites at the SCG. The line here is two goals. The over under a very paltry one fifty. Now we've mentioned that you know Geelong need to show a bit before the finals kick off to prove that they are premiership contenders. What do they need to show in this game more than just a W? They need to be able to score a bit more. Uh, so I, I saw Narkle did really really well for Geelong in the res, in the resies. Yep. And I saw Charlie Constable again was pretty strong uh, for Geelong as well. Who he, he knows how to get the get the footing. He's he's good around the stoppages. He's a smart footballer. So maybe he comes in just to help their midfield a bit. Uh, Sydney would probably only get Dawson back, I think, from suspension. Yep. And he's a pretty big in for them because he's a good player. Along the first half of the year, were very efficient going inside 50. They didn't have many inside 50s, but they were very efficient when they got in there. They were the best in the league at making the most of going yep. forward and, and, and every inside 50 can of them. Since then, it's dropped off. Since the buy round, sorry, it's dropped off. They've dropped back to the probably the mean. And because they don't go inside 50 very often and, and that sort of stuff, they've obviously their scoring's dropped. So this this game it could be an absolute stinker in the fact that both teams like to put numbers behind like like the like the defensive style. Yeah. They, uh, Sydney probably moved the ball a little bit quicker than what Geelong do, uh, but then Sydney have nothing in their forward line and that's why they're struggling to kick kick points and kick scores. Uh, I don't think Buddy's coming back anytime soon. So unless Blakey or Reed or someone like that has a has a purple patch of a game, they're going to struggle to you know kick sixty to seventy six points. So on the other hand, you know, if if Hawkins can get out, you know, get free, or Rowan might pull something out of the hat, one of those boys, a Narkle or even a Gary Ablett, can kick a few, or you know, even Big Sav pulls one out again. I just think they've got too much for the ball. If if they play, you know, a good decent game for the Sydney defenders, but again, it's going to come a, and it's actually one time in I think this season where John have the ruck advantage. Because yeah. Alira Lee is going to be playing in the ruck again, which says a lot about. I know they've got injuries to their reserve ruckman and stuff, but it says a lot about where they're sitting ruck wise. And Reece Stanley and Zach Smith, one of them should have a field day against Sydney. So, as it stands, I'm probably. I, I like the under 15.5 either side bet here. Uh, I like the unders in the match points here. I don't know what the weather's going to be like in Sydney on Sunday, but it could play a part as well. But I. My best bet here, I reckon, is uh, Sydney 60 to 76 points because they're just struggling to score and yeah. it's going to be a pretty dour sort of game. It actually might be a good game to watch for a contested style of footy. Uh, but I, I'm probably going to lean towards Geelong, but again, again I'm just, I am just want to see them pick Narco and someone with speed and to bring that, that outside run to their game. I have a, another different look up forward because Narco does add that. He's, he's, a, he's a pretty smart player. I actually, well, I actually do like Narco. Surprised and played more. And then I want to see if Sydney have any other changes coming in. It might help with their ruck or up forward for them. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, at the moment, I'm tipping Geelong to bounce back because they've been under the pump. Chris Scott wouldn't like how much he's been under the pump so much 
And as I said before, teams that have been on the pump for a couple of weeks generally come out and bounce bounce back when the media's been bashed. Yeah. Them, so this is this is for my much simpler tip. Tip Geelong. Uh, if they play contested footy like Sydney one two Geelong are better at that at the moment. Their yeah their stats stack up even though they are going through a bit of a lighter patch and yeah they have they have some keys up forward that can cash in especially if the ball spends a lot of time in Geelong's forward half which it will based on how those two teams stack up. So tip Geelong, not much of a betting prospect however, uh, unless you want to go with your your fifteen margin. But I reckon Geelong will do a number here because they have to they have to prove something kind of show that they are contenders. 50-50 pick is a genuine 50-50 pick, both in my head and in the books. Hawthorne are $1.85 slim favourites. They're hosting Brisbane, who are $1.95 outsiders down at Utahs in Launceston. Now, this do you believe in the boogeyman? Because we believe in the historical trends when it comes to betting. And, and Brisbane, and Brisbane have the wood over Hawthorne. Yeah, why? Because Fagan and Hodge. Uh, leg speed. And leg speed. And the way they move the footy. So Hawthorne, I tipped Hawthorne for a pure one pure reason last week is that Geelong like to use the boundary more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. They sl- go slow. They're not a quick moving ball, a quick ball moving team. And that gives Hawthorne a chance to set up their zone behind the footy. Because, uh, you know, you, you can start 6-6-6, but after that, once that ball's thrown up, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And you saw when they played Collingwood, you saw when they played uh, West Coast, and you've seen when they played GWS. If you don't move the ball quickly, you move it slowly around the boundary at the MCG. Hawks set up very, very well, and they make it a, a, a low-scoring game, a bit of a messy game, but at least they're always in with a shout. And that's why, and that's why Brisbane this week, if they take the game on, move the ball quickly, and create one-on-ones for the Hawthorne defense, they will tear them to shreds. And they've done a few numbers on them over the last two years, but they've absolutely flogged them, and this is that's exactly why. And even going the other way, you know, they don't get inside fifty a lot. Hawthorne, they're not. They've been very efficient the last few weeks, or well, last two weeks mainly going inside fifty. Um, and against Collingwood, they weren't very efficient. They've got blokes like Poplo who can't get near it at the moment. Uh, they're relying on a young Mitchell Lewis and, a, and an inconsistent O'Brien to take big contested marks for them. So if you can shut that, I know they're missing Harris Andrews, but they've still got blokes in the Neeful. Like the Brisbane Neeful side will probably beat a couple of the bottom teams at the moment. That's how strong they are. Mm. I just reckon that they should win this game pretty comfortably, and they should cover that line of nine and a half. Or I think it's in now the one and a half when the because this is when the market's yeah. opened. But my only concern is they've won what four or five in a row now, and it's hard for a young team like that to keep going without getting a bit ahead of themselves and that's why obviously Hodge and Fagan's really really important but if they play the two game styles 15 times over Hawthorne win I'm sorry Brisbane win 14 out of 15 yeah. just because of the way they go about it and compared to the style and, and the players on each list so uh, Brisbane should absolutely not should win this pretty comfortably by 5 or 6 goals and it shows a lot of the reason why I'm backing in Brisbane as well is because last week they went four or five goals down early but showed grit and determination to get back in the game and win it. And and that's why I think they're a bit more trustworthy at the moment than probably what Hawthorne are. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing I really like about Brisbane is they do it in defence as well. So early doors, first half of the season, we were like, this is just a flashy attacking team circa Port Adelaide, circa Essendon. Yep. Can we trust them to win games in the back half of the season in finals 
go away, etc. Since round 12, Brisbane have allowed the opposition to score for only a third of their inside 50s, ranked number one in the AFL. They yep. are the best defensive team since the bye. Yep. The only problem is, obviously, Harris Andrews is out this is week. Out. But yeah. they'll probably bring in someone like a Leicester or someone like that that'll come and you know, cover, cover his spot. And, you know, Leicester, he's in form and been doing well. He was just stiff that uh, Hodge came back in and he, was, he made way last week. Yeah. So, yeah, he comes in and just does an equal job to Andrews, in my opinion. So, yeah, I'll just back in Brisbane here. Absolutely. You've got the tip there. Were you putting any cash on it or just take the tip? Uh, we'll wait for our... Uh, Great little best, best burner mate. and teaser there. All right, second 50-50 game. St Kilda are $2.05 outsiders against Melbourne, who are $1.75 favourites. They're playing at Marvel Stadium on Saturday night. The line here, 3.5, the over-under, 168. How can Melbourne still be favourites? They haven't done anything. St Kilda came out on the back of sacking their coach, an absolute number in the first quarter on Western Bulldogs, who are a better team than Melbourne, and yet Melbourne, who struggled hard against the top team, West Coast Eagles... Suddenly, in our favourites in a game for no reason whatsoever. Can you explain that to me, Baz? I can't. And all I'm going to say about this game, because again, it's irrelevant, means nothing, um, is that if St Kilda rock up like they did last week on the quick deck of uh, Marvel Stadium and move the ball, what they did, and were efficient going forward as they were, and they just rock up what they did last week, even if they bring 95% of what they bought last week. They will do a number on Melbourne, what they did earlier in the year. They'll absolutely flog them on the outside. Too much speed, too much pace. They've got too much down forward. The only problem, the only difference now is they've obviously got Lever and May who are playing some decent football. And if it wasn't for them last week, geez, it would have got ugly, yeah. I reckon, with West Coast. But going forward for Melbourne, they've they got no one for them up front. And uh, St Kilda actually have some good composed defenders, as I spoke about last week with Brown and um, Carlisle and a few others they got down there as well. And, their midfield's doing all right. They've got a very, very underrated Ruckman and uh, Marshall. I mean, obviously, Gorney should do a number on him, but the thing with Gorney is you better watch out for is Marshall gets around the ground, and he mm. uses the footy really, really well by foot. So he could hurt him the other way. Um, but, yeah, I just think that Melbourne, it will be no chance against St Kilda. If they bring what they did last week, and we've seen the honeymoon periods for all the... Um, all the sack coaches. All the sack coaches and the, the interim coaches at the moment. So I'd expect them doing the same intensity and the same thing and uh, they'll do a number on poor old Melbourne. It'll be, it'll be second bottom. And uh, <clears throat> could you believe that if Gold Coast could somehow find two games, <laughs> they'd finish bottom. That would be delicious. And I'd add another one, another coach the gun for you yes. to uh, shoot throughout the bullets. Uh, number one stat in this one, cool. Quickly move on. St Kilda, second best team for offensive one-on-ones. Melbourne, second worst team for defensive one-on-ones. Yep. So there's an absolute matchup issue there. If you can still get St. Kilda over two bucks come Saturday night, definitely jump on and take the Saints as the tip. Uh, our last 50-50 is over in Adelaide. Same time, 7.40 on Saturday night. Poor Adelaide, $2.08, probably $2.10 now. Outsiders, the Giants, $1.75 favourites at the Adelaide Oval. The line here, less than a kick, the over-under... One fifty six. What do we make of this? I reckon we could just get some tea leaves, rub them in the mud, throw them up in the air, flip some coins, because we don't ever know which team's going to turn up when it comes well, to these two teams. These two teams flip flop more than a mop, and uh, I get the feeling a bit like I spoke a bit before. I get the feeling that like last week with uh, Collingwood against West Coast, the second week GWS came out and pumped pumped us. GWS went about and we were kind of a bit flat. I, I get the feeling that Port of 
copped it a bit in the media last few weeks and they're getting back home. I'll probably I want to see the team, so I'm, I'm hopefully get a few players back through from uh, injury and yep. uh, being dropped to Magoos. From GWS, I just don't know whether they can back that up and surely Ken Hinckley will send someone to Whitfield. Oh, of course he will. He'll probably talk about it all, all in the media as well. But don't bash him up. Just send someone to do a job on him and just concentrate on winning the game of footy. And if they do that, I think they got. A, I think their back line matches up pretty well with JOS four line at Port, and their forwards can be a bit dangerous. You know, Robbie Gray, Charlie Dixon, those sorts of Rose and those dudes with those sorts of guys who've been. You know, as we said at the start of the year, they played awesome at the start of the year. But young bodies playing the first, second seasons of footy tend to drop off a bit, but. They might get themselves up for this game, and I reckon this is a bit of Port Adelaide versus Geelong factor. Where they're going to be really up and about, want to make a statement, and I'm tipping Port Adelaide to upset GWS here. I'm all on board this train. Yeah, a bit of its matchup because when Port are on, they're the best pressure side in the competition, yep. and we're yet to see the Giants do it dirty yet. No. When it goes against them, they their bottom lip drops. The blokes like Jeremy Cameron go missing. It all gets too hard. They don't want to hunt a game. So if Port come out firing like they did in the showdown, like they did against Geelong, like they did in the big games, this will be another big game with Ken Hinckley saying, no, nah, we're going to respond, let's talk about footy. I'm backing in the Port Power here. And if we're going to get another game, if you can get over twos for it come bounce time, definitely jump on. Yeah, I just if if GOS win this game, they'll probably change my mind. This is an absolute litmus test game for GOS. If yeah. they go there and win this game, either a tight tough game that they win by a goal or two but they do it in like impressive fashion yeah. or they go in here and they just kick the door down and win by 10 goals yeah. both kind of prove a point that they're the real deal yeah. but if they go over here fall over stumble at this hurdle then yeah, put a black sell all your yeah. stock but yeah definitely on Porty yes same here alright on to our short things quickly to round out Saturday 4.35 West Coast are $1.33 favourites they're hosting North Melbourne who are $3.25 outsiders at Optus Stadium Three goals is the line. The over-under, 165. Any reasons for an upset here, Baz, or just simply circle the Eagles in permanent marker? Uh, Eagles win comfortably. My concern is North have been very, very good for a while now under Reshaw. Competitive. You know what you're going to get. They gave up a decent lead last week. Um, I, I, I have a feeling the uh, honeymoon period might be about to just slip in now that they're not going to make finals. Uh, now that you know, I just think, yeah, honeymoon period might be over here. I think Eagles might do a bit of a number here on the on the Roo boys. Yeah, I think, and again, the teams that, yeah, the more structured teams like your West Coast and your Long suffer against pace, but the but the Roos don't have any pace, so. No, and it, it's a big out with um, Thompson being out as well with his ruptured testicle. And so that means, you know, who's going to pick up your uh, Kennedy, your darling, Who's going to pick up those small live wires who last week weren't that effective but still managed to kick goals and create goals? And, you know, yeah, I just think they're way too good for North. And and they don't stack up well at North either. So they have allowed their opposition to score 46% of the time from their inside 50s this season. They're ranked last in the league. Yeah. And that's against a hugely efficient and powerful West Coast Eagles. Obvious tip there is West Coast. To end the round 19 games, we have Gold Coast hosting Essendon. Gold Coast are $6.50 outsiders. Essen are $1.10 favourites. They're playing in Metricon Stadium. It's the last game of the round. 38.5 is the line. The overrun is 162. I won't be watching. Will you be watching, Baz? Hell no. Just tip um, Essen and move on? Well, no. 
I have a feeling about this game, and I'm, I'm going to tip Essendon, don't get me wrong, right? But this is the sort of game Essendon over the last few years would drop. They would. Um, back to Ireland for a wedding. Heppel might not get up. They're a bit head wobbly. They've got they've won a few games in a row. They've been doing a lot of things well. And now in the meeting, you know, you've got the the talk about Tipper. You know, North and Western Dogs offered him big money you know, contract. He's now decided to put off his um, contract talks at the end of the year. Yep. Now, from what I gather from Tipper and the media, is he's pretty quiet, sort of reserved guy. And I reckon all that talk would probably affect him yep. personally. So just and you just think how good a football Essendon have played, and you know Gold Coast were a bit better last last week. But you know you're gonna you know that they're gonna nab one before the season's out. Just wonder whether this might be the game that they might just set themselves for and just have a red hot crack and maybe get close or just sneak over the line to the Bombers. Yeah. So I'm tipping the Bombers because I, I just I can't help myself. I to, I want to win tipping. Yeah. But I'm, I might have, if depending on how my uh, weekend goes in the punt, you I have might, a cheeky couple of dollars I might in your pocket. Quick, I might have a cheeky couple of bucks on the line of third and a half from Gold Coast, and then just have maybe a, a cheeky little twenty or thirty on uh, Gold Coast to win around the six dollars fifty seven dollar mark. So I just would not be surprised. I know they're being ordinary. I know all these things, but I just the famous gut is coming back and just says that this might be a bit closer than what we thought. And they were a lot better last week against they were, Carlton. They were. And they so, reached that magical 61 and 75 yeah. as predicted. Yeah. So good areas there. We're thinking the same thoughts there. There's no statistical measure that you can actually base it on. Suns have been horrible this year and Essendon have been okay. One thing that keeps the Suns in the game though, as you mentioned, since round 12, the Bombers have lost the time and forward half differential by five and a half minutes. Yeah. So the ball could actually spend a bit more time in the Suns forward. And if they can cash in... Put lots of pressure put, on them. And, 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 and without and, McKenna... Yeah. Yeah, that run and dash. Who knows? Who knows? Tip Essendon, but have a cheeky flutter on the Suns if that's your jam. Double your money and make a stack. Making time, our favourite segment, our feature bets for round 19. I've just got one, and uh, I'm going to roll with Port Adelaide at $2.10 down at Adelaide Oval. Classic Port areas, and I think that the Giants are going to show their true colours, that being orange belly pretenders. <laughs> oh, I've, uh, I've got Brisbane as my best bet, $1.95. Yep. Uh, they, they will win. They will win. They will win. You heard it here first. The big famous... Hunter's profit has spoken, all right. So watch them lose. Let's um, let roll out the rest of your value for the weekend bets. Uh, my other probably second best bet is uh, West Coast cover that line of nine and a half. Uh, a bit of value for St Kilda if you can get around 210, 220. And uh, the other bit of value is I reckon Sydney 61 to 75 total match points because it won't be a high scoring game against Geelong. And if you chuck all four of those in a multi, even if you chuck Gordo's in as well. So for my four, you're getting around 22 bucks. If you're chucking Gordos, you'll probably get around 30. That's the real rough stuff. But we have jagged two of these this year, so you never know your luck. You never know your luck. And if you have a spare couple of dollars, don't forget to put some on the Suns just for good measure. And that's a good way to round out the pod with plenty of value. Good luck with your tips. Good luck with your footy on the weekend. And uh, until next week. See you later. See you later.